Skype, so. Yeah, you should have a notice now saying we are. Boom. Boom. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I am your host, John Harris. On the right hand side is my right hand man, a Gabriel. I'm the left hand man, but I'm also the left hand man. The left hand man and the right hand. There we go. Today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Psychosomatic, who has a new album called The Invisible Prison, which was released on August 28th via Nefarious Industries. Right now, I am being joined by Jeff to share some more information about a couple of tracks of the album, what the band has been up to. So, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely great to have you on. I dig this stuff. I'm always enjoying being hit in the face by some really fantastic thrash metal. Awesome. Good to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I guess let's jump into this album, because the funny thing is you kind of mentioned that this album was written before this year happened. However, it really seems to be incredibly relevant right now. Yeah, that was not intentional. But, uh, I, you know, everything that's happened this year, I guess, in a, in, a, in a microcosm has happened before. Right. Just never this of this magnitude all at one time. And uh, we've never been locked down as a country. So, uh, you know, I mean, things just happened. And, and I don't know how, but it just it all lined up. But it was in the stars, I guess. The stars lined up. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it just went that went that way. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess it's kind of cool to to have a soundtrack for what's going on right now. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, obviously you mentioned all of these things in one way, shape or form have happened before. However, it's a magnitude of it. And so now we can kind of. I don't know, maybe look at some of the tracks that we're going to discuss today, such as We Don't Trust You or, or Riot Squadron, and, and maybe see it in a, I don't want to say a fresh light, but I guess maybe so, a fresh light. Yep, for sure. I mean, uh, uh, We Don't Trust You was uh, uh, written by my guitar player, Dan Mills, and uh, he wrote the, the riffs on it, and then uh, we kind of just put it together. And the, and the lyrical concept to that was... Um, you know, basically just feeling the sense of feeling betrayed, you know, and a lot of people feel that way right now with a lot of different things in their lives and um, everything's just been let down. So, I mean, what a more relevant song, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I guess maybe at the time, because the title, we don't trust you, it almost kind of sounds like maybe the whole band doesn't trust somebody or just in general, maybe a society doesn't trust somebody. I guess initially, what was this track about? Well, it was about, honestly, to tell you the truth, it was like about just some shoddy promoters, but it just seems like that, that story's so not relevant anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, just looking at it, it could really, when you read the lyrics, it could, it could mean anything you, the listener wants it to, you know, you could tag it to some kind of authoritative figure or, uh, the media or whatever you want, you know, and it, it'll fit right in. And, uh, it's, it's, pretty pretty blunt and pretty anthemic to a degree mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and speaking of those lyrics you guys have a lyric video for the track uh so if you're listening in and you want to check out the lyric video and sing along you can do so by going to today's show notes at www.therockmetalpodcast.ca and i've got the lyric video posted there uh and I, I guess i'm just curious out of all the tracks in the album why was we don't trust you set up as the lead single um you know it, we it just seems like it was the most kind of catchy song on the album. The one that really kind of grabbed you. We had a toss up. We had, we had a toss up of uh, a couple different ones. Riot squadron was one of them, but uh, I think we don't trust you. It's just one of the songs that just, you know, hits you right in the face and kind of say, Hey, we're here. 
<laughs> usually thing is, you know, I think the whole album kind of does that, but I mean, for sure, it definitely is one of those tracks um, that does that. Now, something that was mentioned there was was Riot Squadron, and another one that seems incredibly um, was for my son's feeding me chocolate chips in the middle of the interview. This is incredibly <laughs> embarrassing, but incredibly delicious all at the same time. Um, incredibly relevant for for today's day. Now, something that I did a little bit of research and I found out that between Spotify and YouTube, aside from We Don't Trust You, which, you know, was pushed as the lead single, so obviously that's popular. Um, but a couple of ones that kind of sat out on their own because they weren't maybe necessarily pushed as, as singles, Riot Squadron and Fortune Dealer. Um, I guess my, my initial question is, does that surprise you uh, that the, one of those two tracks is really popular? Riot Squadron actually surprised me, but I can see why, because it's so relevant to what's going on in this time right now. And uh, that that song was written actually about the Baltimore riots and the French riots. And that was that which kind of gave me the idea. I had obviously at that time had no idea that it would be Homeland. Right. And 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 I guess rightfully so for a lot of reasons and a lot of reasons not. And And I think. I think it's more of, a, of an of just a description of a riot. There's not really a, uh, any kind of like agenda attached to it. But you, again, like we don't trust you, you could put it anywhere you want with it, you know, and 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 tag it to anything, and we're fine, you know. I mean, it's it's a it's a story of what it's like to be in a riot, and it's quite terrifying, just like anything else that's very violent, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Now, something you had mentioned a little bit in the pre-roll was that it was written, again, by Dan a couple of years ago. He wrote the riff, and then we put it into a whole song, uh, and you had well, mentioned— that, that was We Don't Trust You, but this on Riot Squad, I wrote that one. Okay, cool. So take yeah. us through Riot Squadron then. Sorry. Right. Riot Squadron was—that—that uh, that, I had some trouble writing it, so my drummer Toby helped me out the, to get the formatting down. He wrote a riff in the middle of it, but it's, uh, it's um, definitely a, a kind of D-beat-type punk riff you know just it had this like kind of uk punk style to it which i wanted to kind of you know kind of like the european soccer riots <laughs> you know like oh, they're just so epic you know they're just such a big like and it also talks about you know just the authority clamping down on you and people fighting back and that's kind of what's going on and and uh it, it's, it's actually one of the simpler songs on the record but we kind of slowed it down compared to all the other ones and just made it kind of more groovy uh, it has a little bit more consistency as opposed to we don't trust you, which is all stop, start, stop, start, you know. It's very true. And I've actually been in Europe in the middle of a a soccer hooligan event. Oh, and wow. Yeah. I mean, you, you read about it and then you get there and you're like, I'm in a soccer game. Why is the military here? And then you find out why the military is there. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> totally. Now, now, uh, Fortune Dealer was actually written by uh, Victor Hansen, my other guitar player. And uh, he he wrote that like, it was like just out of the blue. And I was like, wow, I was so blown away because that was his first song that he contributed to the band. And we were, I you know, we formatted it, put the lyrics on, and then we recorded it. And as we were recording it, Dave Sanchez was producing it and, and recording it, tracking it, mixing it. He, at the time... I was like, dude, do you want to sing the chorus on this? Like, do you want to? And he's like, yeah, I'd love to. And it worked out so perfectly because he shrieks. He's got this like shriek and it matches perfectly with the the lyrics that are the witch in that song would be singing, you know, because it's like it, it's <laughs> it's basically based upon 
Have you ever seen Clash of the Titans? It's mm-hmm. like the it's the Stygian witches, right? That have the eye. It's those three <laughs> witches. That's what it's basically about. And it's you know because you know I figure it's it's a metal album. You know, let's let's get kind of you know mythical. And I thought that'd be a good one to land on for sure. Yeah. Now it kind of sounds like there was I don't want to call it a few hands in the pot when it came to writing the album, but oh, Gabriel fitting more fitting me more chocolate chips. This is a very unique situation for you, I'm sure. <laughs> Hopefully the interview is as delicious as it is for me. Now, <laughs> um, it sounds like there's a few, I don't know what to call it, a few cooks in the kitchen. Um, but, you know, Dan's yeah. writing some riffs, you're writing some riffs, Richard's writing some riffs. And something you mentioned was Victor's first song and contribution to the band. So was it kind of, did it organically happen that this album was written in such a way? Definitely. Um, in the past, I, I used to write everything for the whole band. And then Toby Swope joined uh, around, I want to say, 2004, uh, around there, roughly around there. And he wrote like our last two albums single handedly, like wrote 80 percent of each record. Like he played guitar on the rhythm track. So he is like a master songwriter. And then on this album, me and Toby kind of just took a back seat and let the guitar players go off. And they did. And then Toby wrote Pandora's Crate, which is like the slow, heavy, groovy one, which is ironic because he's a speed drummer and he wrote the slowest song on the record. But he wrote, he wrote the guitars and, and, and the drums for that as well. And then um, each song kind of just pieced together by each of us. And it, and it everybody does their own leads. And it was really exciting. And I, I like the fact that it was a, a collective effort. It made it so much uh, more enjoyable for everybody to get their hands in it and make it a team as opposed to just in the past where we it all weigh on one guy and it just wasn't fair. So this is the best way to, to get an actual band to have, you know, just as much fun writing for sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I guess my next question is, is that something that you guys feel you'll be doing forward or I guess the question, because if it came out organically, then how do you reproduce it going forward? But is it, is it something that's going to be changing the way Psychosomatic writes records? Um, well, it's it's kind of, I look at it this way. I, I can't say absolute, right? Because you don't know. Uh, I don't know how things are going to happen in the future. But it's almost at the point where, do you have something good and ready to go? Let's do it. You know, because uh, uh, Greg at Nefarious Industries, our label, he's like, dude, I will. you write it, I'll put it out. So we're like... You know, hey, let's let's fill in this time. Let's fill in the future right now, and just whatever who writes what. And Victor's really gone off on this next album. I mean, the, the one that we're writing after this one, he's already just stockpiling songs. And I got a couple, and Dan's got a couple, and so we 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 each one of us, me, Toby, Dan, Victor, are all equally capable of writing our own albums. So as a band, yeah, I, I would like to have a collective effort of all four of us, and it it really does take on its own personality as opposed to some of the other albums would all kind of just sound like one person's writing, you know? So it, it's definitely a, that's why it has a, even though it's all aggressive, you know, it's all fast and furious, but there's still different flavors inside mm-hmm. of it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I guess my next question is invisible prison. And we've got the artwork. <laughs> I'm feeding him more chocolate chips. This is true. I'm being fed, I'm being fed chocolate chips. I, I guess I can't complain. With the artwork, is the invisible prison like our self esteem? Is it a psychological construct? Um, it's, you know, honestly, it's kind of a societal construct. 
And um, it's kind of breaking out of that. And it's not, it, it, it can, again, these lyrics can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. I left it vague and open so the listener can find some kind of relevance within themselves as well. Because uh, the song itself in The Invisible Prison was written by Victor. And he, he was, that was actually the last song that was contributed to the record. And it was so technical. I was like, yeah, I want that on there. And it was, it was a challenge to learn that and play it. And it was really exciting. So I, I felt that it was such a busy song. I had to think of something that was really deep and intellectual. And what better way than to go inward, right? To go into your psyche and, and look at what you need to lock down or knock down your prison. Each, each person has their own prison. And to break free from just simple things, like simple things that are inhibiting your, your growth, your progress, your intelligence, your intellect. Anything that's blocking, you just got to plow through it, you know, and, and and we're all accountable for ourselves. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people can can either like focus on them being themselves as a victim or they can try to like not be aggressive or whatever, you, whatever your your prison is. You know, it's, it's, it's different for everybody. There's nobody's exactly the same inside your psyche. So that is you breaking out and succeeding in life and, and, and whatever you want to do instead of being trapped in that and being miserable. Cause I, I think a lot of what's the definition of insanity is, uh, uh, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. You know, that's a person that's trapped inside their prison and that's kind of a metaphor. And there's, like I said, there's tons of different ways you can go with it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think it's something that has thrash metal has kind of touched on, uh, over over the years is sort of that psychological emotional aspect of I'm feeding him more okay can you talk can you even talk to this serious <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep feeding him <laughs> I think I think it was uh, right around the Black Album somebody said something about Metallica where James Hetfield is he, he's locked in a prison and he has the key all he has got to do is let him out or whatever absolutely um, you know, it kind of kind of struck me that thrash metal kind of has this this notion that we are in some kind of invisible prison, and how do we lock ourselves or unlock ourselves out of it? Because going back to like tarot cards, <laughs> if anybody's uh, aware of tarot cards, you've got the I can't remember how many swords it is, but you got the girl who's in a prison of swords, but she's not actually bound up, and she can leave the prison anytime she wants. The swords can come out of the ground. Uh, so it's something that I think has afflicted humanity for probably quite some time. Definitely. I, I, I do think, uh, I think a lot of people, you know, uh, I guess, so to speak, need to maybe get in touch with their inner child because their inner child is the one that's truly trapped. And when you can take charge and, and, and just kind of break free from all of the, the things that are holding you down, and it could be stuff from your past, it could be stuff from your childhood, really. You know that it's holding you back, and you don't even realize it. And and then that's that's the kind of thing if you just got to really take a hard uh, self inventory and just you know find out what it is and address it instead of kind of burying it. And that's what we're taught to do, right? Just bury it, distract, not think about it, and move on. And next thing you know, I'm doing all this aberrant behavior, and I don't know why. You know, I don't know why my addiction is out of control. I don't know why I have to do this. I don't know why. And then this is what you're doing. You're basically addressing your prison. Why can't I break out of this, you know, this mode, this pattern, whatnot? Yeah, it brings up a couple of religious things. Number one is you know, going through meditation. I was actually able once to identify a spot in my brain or maybe, I don't know, my soul. I don't know how you want to, how to address it. But I saw like a five-year-old version of myself 
literally standing next to a cage full of bad memories and he thought that he had to stand there and keep watch over these bad memories and I had this like internal spiritual I don't know what you want to call it conversation with my five-year-old self where I just relieved him of his duties you don't need to worry yeah yeah that's great uh, so when you mentioned, you know, the, the childhood and whatnot, that's kind of where that kind of touched base. And then something else I'd, I'd read recently from a psychologist was the our formative years as teenagers, where we come against the uh, the authority of our parents that may not seem just, or maybe the authority of teachers or principals or or even uh, <laughs> relevant to today's topics, some other authoritarian figures that aren't necessarily seeming very. Uh, in tune with true authority or relevant, apparently we carry that through our through our lives. And even at the age of eighty or ninety, we could be brought down to a sixteen year old teenage angst in seconds if we come across that uh, um, being forced to conform to to authority that is not in line with the truth. Absolutely, I, I think uh, it's. I think uh, by nature we're technically not meant to be controlled the way we are. And I think uh, maybe someday we will get to the point where we can actually break free and, and, and kind of grow as well. I don't want to say that we could just do that now because our society is very young, meaning uh, mature-wise. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, of emotion that's unchecked. And, 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 uh, and, it's, and, and uh, you know, to get to sidestep the construct of our society, uh, to sit there and take inventory of yourself first, right? Like It's kind of like John Lennon said, right? If we're going to change... You want a revolution? Let's start with ourselves first, you know, because mm-hmm. that's where it all starts. And as opposed to blaming the, the the blame game, you know, we can do that all day long, but it, we just don't get anywhere. I mean, how many times has that been tried throughout the years? And it's getting we're getting really close to to, to just a dangerous level on where we're at as a society. And I think it would be really healthy to take a step back, take a breath, right? Just take it, just breathe for a little bit, and try to to get focused again. And supposed to this rage that's come over all of us, you know, in one degree or another, no matter what side of the aisle you sit on, it's there. And I think we need to somehow come to some kind of peaceful resolution. I'd probably get attacked for saying that, <laughs> but at this point you're going to get attacked no matter what you say. Right. <laughs> this is very true. People with uh, egos and agendas are abound. Yes, very much. Now, um, one of my next questions is usually this time of the year we'd be chatting about, well, especially uh, at the time of recording this, this is like the first week of September, usually we'd be closing out a lot of summer tours and festivals and chatting about how the summer was for you guys, but obviously right. 2020 had some different plans. Um, so one of my questions is, how was this year for you guys? Did it really reshuffle things for you? Was it a blessing in disguise? Um, yes and no. I want to say that right now, yes, we would most definitely be on a tour or uh, wrapping up some tours for sure. That's what our plan was. And then everything just went south after March. And it was really uh, frustrating to say the least, because we are genuinely a live band. We always have been, and we love to connect with our crowds and, and not being able to tour for this record is really crippling. You know, it's, it's very, very tough to, to deal with as a band. I mean, we all feel it. And I know other bands that do as well. It's very, it sucks you know, so to speak. And then um, I think uh, in, in a blessing way, it, it kind of gives us a chance to really stockpile our artwork, you know? So in the future, when things do eventually uh, open up, that we'll have a ton of product for the fans, you know, and, and we'll be able to do a lot more 
without having to be in such a hurry and a, and a, you know, a, a busy kind of aspect to just get stuff done all the time. We'll already have it done. So we can just really step into it and just hit the ground running instead of trying to hit all these roadblocks. So it's kind of like what we're doing in this, this year and the next year is just ramping up until we'll be able to, and we're, we're kind of guesstimating, I would say maybe late next year, or maybe 2022. Okay. Very, very cool stuff. Now, I guess one of my other questions is um, bands have been approaching what to do during this time to keep the fans happy in, in many different ways from acoustic sets to behind the scenes to even band interviews, going to people's houses and saying, hey, how you doing? Right. Um, what did you guys been up to during this time to keep the fans engaged? Well, we put out our record <laughs> right when everything's <laughs> locked up. That's for starters. And then uh, we, we have a couple videos coming out. Those will be premiered in the next couple months. This We got one coming later this month and one the next month. And then we have a couple playthroughs that will be premiered on some certain sites. I can't say which yet because I don't know. But um, our PR team's handling that. And then we, um, we have a, pretty much a good plan to keep people relevant and keep, you know, keep ourselves relevant with our fan base and keep pushing product because – the last thing you want is everybody being stagnant. So we just said, you know, we have all this stuff. Let's just put it out. You know, let's just let's just try to make the best of what our situation. Um, our drummer lives in in um, Washington State, and the rest of us are in Sacramento, California. So you know, we're just we're going to bounce tracks back and forth and and try to come up with music that way uh, for pre production for the next record, and then eventually we'll record it. We'll probably record it up there because he has like a nice little recording room, and. Um, that's kind of where we're at right now. And uh, we try to stay engaged online a lot. I have a podcast myself. It's called the Jeff Salgado show. You can find it on any streaming site. And I, and I interview other bands as well. And it's predominantly bands. I know that I've toured with or that I play with or that I know, you know, just a lot, you know, for a long time. And, and that's kind of just, you know, staying busy as well as promoting the scene. And, and a lot of people are, they, they're saying the same thing. Like, what do we do? You know, what do you do in a lockdown? Well, you take care of yourself and then you, and you keep, as an artist, you still want to keep pushing your stuff out. I, I do all the artwork for the band as well. So I've been drawing for other bands as well. And, and that stuff will be coming out in the meantime as, you know, to keep fans engaged because our art and the music is kind of one thing. We try to keep it together. So that's, that's also something we can be dropping as well. But uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, without playing shows, it's, you can, we can do the live thing, you know, where you, uh, you get in your room and you play and everybody's all synced up. And we're thinking about that, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to that point if we need to. But right now, we'd like to just dump dump out everything we have. Everything that's in the bag, let's just get it out. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool stuff. All right. Well, Jeff, is there anything that I did not bring up that you wanted me to? Is there anything you wanted to chat about before we disengage? Um, no, just uh, for the fans, be on the lookout. We got more stuff coming real soon. And... Uh, you're going to hear about us for a while. We're, <laughs> we got a great team set up and uh, we got a lot of product coming everywhere. So we're, we're going to put this album out. We'll have some more stuff, material and some singles coming out for sure in the future and stay engaged and uh, support everybody. You know, musicians really need the support right now because uh, along with the venues, you know, there's a lot of people out of work. You know, a lot of people don't get an unemployment check They because they've spent their lives touring. So now they're kind of like, whoa, what do I do? The venues are dropping left and right. You know, I think they have this thing where in California where they're they're putting up red lights all over the venues to kind of just say, hey, you know, what about us? You know, we're your entertainment. 
you know, I, I, I consider everybody essential, everybody that's alive anyways, you know, to one degree or another. So I just definitely keep an eye out for um, people that are in need for sure and, and try to assist any way you can. And I understand a lot of people are going through a tough time right now and it sucks for a lot of people and our hearts are with you and, and we're going to do everything we can to uh, you know, make everybody at least kind of give something to talk about or be happy, you know, because it's rough. It's definitely a rough time. Yeah, agreed. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, go ahead and stop, please, sweetie.